G'day, and thanks for joining us for this week's Two Ticks Town Talk, a segment of the Australia Talks podcast. I'm DK. And I'm RD. Please enjoy this segment from the regular podcast. All right, we travel over to South Australia this week for our Two Ticks Town Talk, which is about Udnadatta. So a couple of uh, bits before I get on to what caught my eye. It's a small remote outback town in South Australia, about uh, a thousand K, roughly 650 miles nor-nor-west of the state capital of Adelaide by road. Um, and prior to the arrival of the Europeans, it was home to the Arabana people. And today the town has uh, people f- uh, w- with uh, a re- Ararente, uh, Atacacha, sorry, Atakaranija, Loricha, and Pintanjara family ties. There was two meanings of the <laughs> the name of the uh, town recorded. Um, one apparently derives from the Aboriginal word Utnadada, meaning yellow blossom of the mulga, but that's been disputed because mulga trees don't grow anywhere near the town. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the alternative meaning could be why the alternative meaning is uh kudna data or kudna data meaning dead man's poo the first, <laughs> first two <laughs> syllables encompass rotten or excreta and the second to refer to there uh just two two factoids uh has <laughs> got a hot desert climate uh has recorded the highest reliably measured maximum temperature in australia 50.7 degrees celsius oh oh yeah second of january 1960 which uh was unequaled until january 22 when the same temperature was measured at onslow in uh western australia uh the second factoid is the name Udnadatta has been used uh, as a name for a crater on the planet Mars. So that was, oh, I thought cool. that was, yeah, that was an interesting thing. But what caught my uh, eyes was, and I'll, I'll group these lines, uh, was lines in the sand. And I'll group these lines under the, the catch all of the Udnadatta track. First line in the sand, the Udnadatta track itself. That's an unsealed 614-kilometre, 380-mile outback road in the Australian state of South Australia. It connects Marla on the, in the northwest via Udnadatta to Mari in the southeast. The second line in the, the sand was the Central Australian Railway, which was built between 1878 and 1929. Enclosed in 1980. It was 1200 K long, about 770 miles uh, of narrow gauge uh, rollway between Port Augusta and Alice Springs. And the part of its route followed the Udnadatta track. Uh, later, there was a standard line um, duplicated uh, to the south of, uh, so duplicated to the southern section from uh, Port Augusta to Murray. And that's part of the um, uh, where are we? The the, the current uh, Adelaide to uh, Port Augusta to Alice Springs line. It's now known as the the GAN, 
It used to be called. Ah, the, I was going to say, is that yes. the, where the GAN runs, right? Yeah, it used to be called. Apparently, it used to be called the new GAN, and the one that went through Udnadatta was known as the the old GAN. But it just uh, so it was known as the GAN, but now they've taken it over. It's called the GAN, and the Udnadatta one is called the old GAN. The third line in the sand were the Afghan camelies in Australia. So before the um, trains came in, were available, uh, we had camelies in Australia known as Afghans or Gans, which is where we get the uh, name for that railway lane. Ah, yeah. I didn't actually know that. It, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, right. it's a, a shortening, a shortening of um, Afghan. Uh, I did have in my notes somewhere that, uh, yeah, they were commonly referred to as Afghans, even though the majority of them originated from the far western parts of uh, British India, um, Pakistan. <laughs> so they weren't even Afghanis. Oh, well, some of them were. Some of them were. There was, uh, there was also, yeah, Pashtuns, Balochs. Uh, many were from Afghanistan itself, so it was look. It was okay. a catch-all. Some were even from Egypt and and Turkey. Um, they would transport, you know, cart goods, transport wool bales by camel trains, as the name implies. Basically, a line of camels, similar to what you see going across the the desert in a whole lot of those those films. Uh, they'd set up camel breeding stations, rest house outposts. Um, they were throughout inland Australia, but they also followed that path of the uh, where the Udnadatta track is, because it had water holes and it was a a known path. Particularly as we'll find out a little bit later on why. The fourth line in the set was the overland telegraph line. Um, this was a telegraphy system a telegraphy system to send messages over long distance using cables and electric signals. It went 3,200 k's, about 2,000 miles between uh, Darwin and Adelaide. Uh, it was completed in 1872. So you can see that we're working backwards with these lines in the sand, and that's deliberate. It allowed fast communication between Australia and the rest of the world. And then when that overland telegraph line was uh, linked to the Java to Darwin submarine line cable several months uh, later, communication times with Europe dropped from months to hours. So essentially Australia was no longer isolated from the rest of the world it was considered one of the great engineering feats of 19th century Australia and probably the most significant milestone in the history of telegraphy in Australia. Going yeah. from months to hours is a huge reduction. That's crazy. Also, just like the scale of the engineering oh. project, because we're talking like, you know, like like what we have power lines today, you know, like telegraph poles being put in, lines strung between them for, how long did you say? 1,300 kilometres? That's not No, 3,200 kilometres. 3,200 kilometres. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. my goodness. That's a long way. That's a hell of a long way. Across the... 
the right up the guts of Australia. Yeah. And and over mountains and, you know, oh, it's not exactly an easy country to, 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 to not only to live in but to build in. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So I think the uh, accolade of being uh, the most significant milestone in the history of telegraphy in Australia is probably a, probably an apt accolade. Yep. Uh, the fifth line in the sand and the final and <laughs> easily the oldest is something I didn't know about, but when I read about it, I thought, well, of course. The Udna Data Track, and it's not the only one, but the Udna Data Track is one of uh, many Aboriginal trade routes. So I'll read a little bit here from, um, uh, I'll, I'll quote the sources, but it was, uh, I, I got stuff from Wikipedia and uh, Odyssey Traveller and AussieTowns.com.au. Um Tens of thousands of years, Aboriginal tribes visited the place where Udnadatta is located as a reliable source of water on their trade route. There was no settlement in Udnadatta itself at that, that stage. For Australian Aborigines, a trade route was an ancient and pre-designated passage through the landscape, often mapped out in song for the purposes of meeting at uh, particular locations of great cultural and mythical historical importance, ceremonially exchanging, renewing and reinforcing friendship rights rights with other Aboriginal tribal groups, clans or nations. So at these locations they'd swap goods or objects or dreaming songs that they considered valuable for spiritual and cultural and artistic worth. Many of the most successful exploits of settlers and explorers was thanks to making their use of older Aboriginal trade routes. So in this one with the Udnadatta track, yeah. John, John McDougall's student, uh, Stuart, uh, one of the first Europeans to go across Australia, followed the Aboriginal route that led traders from spring to spring across the South Australian uh, outback. That route was later used by the Camelliers to haul goods into Central Australia. Um, all this extensive trade meant that Aboriginal people had a vast knowledge of the world in which they lived, way beyond their lo- locality. They used the stars to guide them on long journeys. They had understanding of places they didn't have experience of. There was one example that they quoted here. There was an early West Australian settler, George Moore, um, who, exer- who, observed that, uh, who observed that the natives are all aware that Australia is an island. Um, in 1840, men near Fowler's Bay, South Australia, correctly assured Aboriginal men, correctly assured Edward John Eyre that there was no inland sea. And while Sturt recalled that Toonda, his guide in 84, was able to accurately draw out a plan of the Murray-Darling system, even though he wasn't over there, they knew this. Trade routes were a new thing to me. Uh, The other thing that was a sort of subset of this was songlines, basically singing the track, the route, the landmarks, what to be aware of, and while it was valuable. And that trading of songs 
uh, in, in our you know, modern Western terms, can be thought of as trading the intellectual property to assist uh, traveling. Uh, is amazing. Yep. Oh, no, yeah, that I'd never ever considered nope. it like that. But instead of drawing a map and writing it down, they would sing the map, and that is just blew me away. Oh, what a clever way of recording history! Wow. Yeah, that's yep. that's pretty special. Yeah, it, it was. It was one. It's one of the joys of uh, doing this. This two ticks town talk. You sort of catch the little thing. You think, hang on, that I haven't heard of that before. Do a little bit of a deep dive into it, and you think, wow, just had absolutely no idea. And that to me was yeah, <laughs> Udna Dada, the lines in the sand, and that's why I led back to that because I thought the the trade routes and the song lines were. Two areas of knowledge I didn't have before this, and I think that's pretty damn impressive. That's so impressive. Do you know how many people live there now? Because it's quite small. You know, I couldn't find. I I did actually look for the population. It had when the when the railway uh, went. A lot of the the local Aboriginal people said, "Well, we still want to keep this. Um, still want to keep this settlement." That was. Uh, when I was struggling, it was the home of the Arabana people. That's where I was struggling with the uh, Arente and her Karinja, Luricha and Pintanjara that uh, a number of them came around there. So my understanding is that it's uh, predominantly an Aboriginal settlement now. Um, yeah. But I couldn't find the population. So I, I can't imagine it's going to be huge, but I don't know the answer to that. No, I'm looking at it on Google Maps. It doesn't look like, you know, th there would be sort of maybe a hundred houses or so. It's it's very small, even yeah, for it's our tiny. Yeah. two ticks town talk. It's it's a sm very small town, so I can't imagine it's more than, uh, you know, two hundred, three hundred people, if that. It, it, yeah, but that's wow. what I put my money on. So yeah, oh, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're uh, amazed as well because I was I was truly amazed at that. Yeah, it's just such a cool – I think it's so interesting, you know, cultures around the world that they've – you know, a lot of the human stories we have have had the same issues, you know, uh, about how to transfer knowledge and things like that. And just different cultures come up with different ways of doing that. And, of course, today, you know, we have things like the internet and books and podcasts. Yep. Um, but – the idea of storing that sort of information in a song that is oh. then easily given to another person uh, and also easily protected as well is mm. such a such a different way of thinking about things that we're used to from our sort yep. of uh, Anglo uh, sort of, you know, we would think of, oh, there's a secret map, and if you find it, you can get the forbidden <laughs> knowledge and all this kind of stuff. Like, ooh, there's a scroll hidden in a chest, you know, that sort of stuff. And it's like, no, in this culture, it's like there's a man on a hill, and he'll sing you a song. And if you remember the song, now you've got the forbidden knowledge and, the, and the, you know, you know how to get to the place or, or whatever it is. And that, I think yeah. that's a really cool, that's, yeah, that's something special. Imagine how your ear, how your ears would prick up if you if you understood this this concept. You know, you'd been on different uh, 
walks with your your family and tribe and um suddenly you you were at at one of these meetings or that and you heard someone singing this different song and you think oh i've seen that hill in the distance we've never gone there but then in your head you're listening to this song and you're thinking oh hang on there's another hill beyond there then there's a waterhole then there's a little river then there's a long walk and you're painting this picture of somewhere you haven't ever been before like uh i think it was sturt's guide being able to say look here's here's how the yeah the murray darling is um just from a song Uh, it's bloody impressive it is very impressive and i imagine you know it's not um they're probably not the sort of songs that we're familiar with in a modern day it's you know they're probably more um, oh, honestly, I can't even imagine the sort of song that it would be. But, but no, regardless, it's such a just a. I, I don't know. There's something so almost like ethereal and spiritual about the idea that mm. the knowledge is transferred in a song, as opposed to um, even even just like a, a, a discussion. Like oh, I'll tell you where it is. For me, the idea of of getting from one place to another is very much a concept uh, that involves understanding the landscape or, or or seeing the landscape as it's as it's uh, sort of mapped out, you know. And I guess that's Ooh. just from from you know the culture we have today of of satellite photos and 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 all that sort of stuff. I mean, right now I'm using Google Maps to look at the town, um, but of course the, those sorts of things are very modern inventions, and these people didn't have anything like that. Instead, they would you know use landmarks, I'm sure, or something like that. And as a result, to record those, um, they would make a song, which is also like. You know, cartographers in in uh, European times have been highly revered for their skill in map making and things like that. I would imagine uh, the the song maker in this case, uh, oh, which would be yeah. the version of their cartographer, would probably be highly revered as well. You know, the 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 arbiter of of this knowledge uh, of these songs, and oh, you know, good point. It, it's just such a different way of thinking about the world that I just find it so interesting. It's really cool. So, oh, God, look, I thought you'd find it interesting. I, I was, as I said, I was a little bit blown away by it. It just, it just made my head think of all so many different paradigms that are just vastly different to uh, how our sort of you know, Western view of the world is. But it's also immediately understandable. You, I loved your reaction. Went, oh, I think you said, oh, of course, or something like that. When you, so it dawned mm. on you, and I thought, I know how that felt because I read that. And I thought, wow, song lines. Okay, I get that. It's yeah. It, it's one of those things that uh, sometimes, like you'll come across an invention of some sort, you know, like some little gadget or something. And it'll, it just clicks and you go, how did this not, how is this not obvious before now? You know? Um, And I think so much of the things that we create are a bit like that. They're they're so intuitive that you question how no one had considered it beforehand. And I feel like this is one of those things. Of course you'd, you know, we're talking about a culture that doesn't, 
doesn't really have a written language because paper wasn't really a thing that kind of existed in their culture or the 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 you know the value of coming up with some sort of paper based uh, too hard not worth it too hard to transport da 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 culture is very different but a song makes so much sense and of course like of course that's the thing um, because it's the simplest way of doing it. And that's at the end of the day, that's what people do. They'll figure out the the most efficient way of whatever it is that we're doing. And in this case, it's you know getting from one place to another without a map that you're physically holding, because we don't have paper or anything like that. Uh, I'm sure there's probably different because again, I think we should stress this enough for our international listeners. Uh, Aboriginal culture is incredibly diverse. There's there's hundreds yep. and hundreds of, of different uh, groups or nations as uh, is probably the easiest way to refer to them as. And of course, different they they are culturally different across the continent of Australia. So some groups would have you know did have writing systems that use animal skins and paper bark trees and things like that. So we shouldn't say that's not a thing because it definitely is. But I think it's such an elegant elegant and beautiful way of doing it there's something like like i said uh, almost spiritual about the idea of a song leading to where you are um just make sure you get the lyrics right because you could end up in the middle of nowhere otherwise